last week, you all walked in here and saw this rope stretched across the stage, and some of you thought I was going to walk on it, and I proved that wasn't going to happen. Anyway, we started a sermon series last week called The Tug of War, and uh, basically what we were talking about was when we were kids growing up, how many of you played Tug of War where you had rope like this, and yeah, back in the days when we used to go outside and play, don't really care about that, but anyway, we talked about faith and doubt in our lives, and there was a tug of war sometimes as we struggle with faith and with doubt, and, and uh, I had a man come up to me right as I started in the door walk, and he said, I want to tell you something, I had a tug of war went on in my life this past week, faith and doubt, and he said, Jesus won. Come on, how about that, right? Praise the Lord for that. So today, we're going to talk about tug of war, but we're going to talk about something that's a little different. I got to tell you, I've preached a lot of sermons over my lifetime and shared a lot of things in my life with you as well. This one is a little different. I, I work, I studied on this quite a bit because um, have you ever t- have you ever thought about work and worship? You ever had a tug of war of work and worship? I got to thinking about this, and then I got to thinking, you know, it, it ought not to be a tug of war. Come on now. I know this is getting real serious all of a sudden, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like when I say work and worship, people are like, what? Those two don't go together. Well, today we're going to look at something, and perhaps maybe we'll have a better understanding about worship and work. And I hope that it helps you, and it's helped me. And uh, so we're going to get into this a little bit. You know, because cause the deal is we come in here on Sunday, and we're all excited. Danny's singing and jumping around, man. And, I, you know, I, I love that kind of stuff. And I love to praise God in here. And I love to stand out there with you guys and talk and, and share and pray together. And then, you know, it's like Monday morning comes around at 7 o'clock. My wife jumps out and has this automatic coffee maker going. I smell it. I put my pillow over my head because I don't want to hear it. She goes around saying, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, really? 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, or anybody else like that on a Monday morning? No, not a person in here. I'm the only one. Okay, well, Lord, forgive me. So the fact is we do have days like that, and we struggle with that. And, and, and what about if we were to think about every day as a day of worship? What if we shifted the perspective of our lives and, and understand that, that worship and work actually can tie in together? How might that impact your life today? How might that impact mine if we viewed our work as an act of worship? By that, I mean a place where God can use you and work through you in that environment that you're in. Now, listen, I'm not talking about going home and making you a sandwich sign on it says, Jesus saves, you know, turn or burn. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about going and getting you a bunch of tracks and sticking them in your pocket and putting them on people's desks. And I'm not ta- what I'm talking about is just being Christian in the course of our day, where we walk, where we talk, where we are. What if? I mean, because for some people, Sunday morning has five stages. It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Or maybe we start our Mondays by counting down to Friday. I mean, I've, I've lived this. Maybe this is just like a new day, but I've lived this, man. I, I mean, I can remember one gig I had, I was thinking, oh, it's Monday or Friday ever going to get here. I mean, we haven't even gone in yet, you know. But isn't it true that every day is a gift from God? And I'm going to tell you something. The older you get, the more you will realize that. Really. I mean, you begin to see things, and it's, and it's different, you know. And if it's a gift from God, isn't it, isn't it the, the steward of that, that we should look at that that way and recognize it that way? What if we were to look at the place where we spend half of our life, half of our time, as an opportunity instead of an obligation? 
I guess the question is, is Sunday supposed to be for the tax and the Orthodox Church? And our work. Perhaps if we were to define what is work and what is worship, work and worship, what are these things, we might better be able to understand this question and this tug of war that takes place. Let me pray before we go into this message. Father, thank you for today, and thank you, Lord, for your word. I, I ask that you give me the gift of preaching not to my will, but for yours, which is all about you. Thank you for the good things that you do in this church and in our lives and in our world. We love you, Lord. Help us to understand more about your word. In Jesus' name, Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Here's what it says. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Verse 27. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and small animals that scurry along the ground. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Work was and is a part of God's design from the beginning. Did you catch this in this verse we just read? These guys were the keepers that he created of what was going on. He'd given them the responsibility. And man was to do this before the curse. He was to take care of things. We're created as human beings and we have gifts. Some of you can sing like birds. Did you notice we've got people switching around up here, switching chairs like they're playing musical chairs. One of them you might see on a guitar a minute. You might see one in the drum cage that you see in there. You might see one singing. I mean, gifts. You might see somebody like on Facebook last night. I got done with the wedding I was doing, and I got home, and I looked on Facebook, and I saw five of our guys. You were one of them standing on a roof or laying. I don't think you were laying on the roof. But anyway, they were working on a roof. I'd have been scribbing that thing, man. You guys are up there. Gifts. Gifts. God created people with gifts. Some build and create, but God gave us natural gifts. Maybe yours is making brownies. You know, thank God for you. And you think about it, God gave all of us this sacred thing. And, 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 and in, in our world and in our life, we tend to think that we have, well, this part over here, this is my holy activity, okay? And this over here, this is, this is like everything else. But that's not, the way it, that's not the way it is, really. The fact of the matter is, it's all what we do is for God, it's holy, we should be doing it, whatever we do. And we can't separate it. it, it is what it is. As disciples of Jesus, everything we do is sacred including our work. Romans 12, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Look, watch this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Your body. Give it all to him because if that isn't love, the ocean's dry. You know what I'm talking Because he gave it all for you. He gave his hands to the cross, his feet to the cross, his side to a Roman spear, that you and I could have life. That's his gift. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done. Let them be a living sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to, what does it say? Say it with me. Worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But, I like this, it doesn't say do this on your own. It says, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, the job, our job in Genesis 1 is pretty basic. He gave it to Adam and Eve, and here's what he did. You know, man's life and the world was involved in two basic principles, work and rest. Pretty basic, you know. And it wasn't like toiling, it was working and resting. 
And, and the creation mandate was clear. Adam was given dominion, so to be fruitful and multiply. But God put them in the middle of the garden to work and to keep it. And, and, and so, you know, but he gives them freedom of choice. And then guess what happens? We mess up. Now, we all mess up. We're all Adam, if you will. We all mess up. But here's the beautiful part of this. Right from the very beginning, we see that God reaches down. Adam and Eve recognize their state. And God reached down and clothed them. He provided a clothing for them, a covering for them. And you know what? He, he's already setting up the scene for Jesus. Because we're going to need a covering of the blood of Jesus. And that's what's coming, folks. You see that? And he set that up for them. In Genesis 3, he has the rhythm that he can keep hallowed of man in his work and in his play. God's cursed man's work and rest because of the idolatry of their sin. Genesis 3 anticipates what the rest of the Bible works out for. God did not intend. He did it to save us. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. You love us. You love us today. Rejoice in that, church. God loves you. Genesis 3.21 says that, that, that this is a microcosm of what's happening in the third chapter. The Lord made for Adam and his wife garments of clothing. And that's basically he provided for them. You know, Adam and Eve spent the rest of their first day resting. Now listen, they, they rested in who they are and whose they are. They remembered who was in charge. Adam and Eve spent their first day resting. In who they are and whose they are, they remembered who was in charge. Remember that. Remember that. Remember whose you are. Because listen, we don't work to earn our identity. We work to express it. And when we get a handle on that, it changes everything. I remember years ago, you know, and, and I don't want to talk about me forever, but here's that's what I relate to because I know that story, you know, and I know it's true. There was a time in my life, all I cared about was me. All I cared about. All I cared about was that kidney stent thing sitting there. And that was my identity. I wanted people to say, you know, Ken Holland, the piano player. And I worked with everything I had to make that happen to the point that it almost crashed my marriage. Just being honest with you. Thank God I got a godly woman that helped with it. But here's the thing. My identity was off. I was trying to put my identity into something that will rot, rust, and go away. Our identity, listen to me, if you're a child of God, your identity is in Jesus. And that will stand forever. And that is amazing when you think about it. And so if we have this identity, that identity goes with us everywhere we go. It's not like, well, except on Monday, I'm, I'm Christian on Tuesday, and then, and then I got this on Wednesday, so I got to take that hat, and then I got, you know, got to keep, no, 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 listen. We're Christ followers, and we go into the world every day, and we're Christ followers. Are we perfect? No. But we're trans, being transformed, and we're growing in this. But don't let this identity thing mess you up. Recognize your identity is in God. See, the chief end of man is, is, is to glorify God and to enjoy him. Because let me tell you something, we're going to spend a whole lot more time over there than we are here. <laughs> I used to hear old people talk about heaven, and now I are one. I used to hear them say, I can't wait to go home. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want to be on the next busload going out of here. But I look forward to a homecoming. And I look forward to the day when I'll see Jesus. When I'll stand in his presence. Can you imagine? 
everything we do for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says this, watch this. It says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Hmm. Does that mean work? Hmm. Is that, you feeling that, feeling that coming in a little bit here? It's, you see, when we, when we recognize who we are and whose we are, then we recognize that we have a purpose. And that our purpose is in Jesus, and that's where we find our fulfillment. Now, listen, it's important we have jobs. <laughs> you know, we have to eat and we have to survive, and, that kind of, and I'm not, I'm not, you understand what I'm saying? But in those moments and when we're out there into the world, we should recognize whose we are and do it for the glory of God. Anybody here ever been without a job? Anybody here ever prayed for a job? God, if you'll give me a job, I and you go back and you talk to him in six months, and he goes, you're off that list of stuff. Get me out of here. But, but, but wait a minute. You prayed for the Lord to give you a place to, you know. And, and Joseph, in the Old Testament, wound up in a bad situation. Uh, and, and, and you know what? He, he continued to serve God. And I'm sure it wasn't pleasant. He served God, and it probably wasn't pleasant. But you know what? God continued to bless him. And the next thing you know, he's ruling the place. He sees his brothers, and he saves them, and the, the story goes on. Here's what I'm saying. Be faithful in the little things because God is for you. You may not feel that today, but God is for you. The world may be, you know, the wheels may be coming off the wagon all around you, but God is for you today. And your identity is in him, not in your circumstances. Your identity is in Jesus. Whoa, that's good. I like that. I like that thought. There's comfort in that. You see, part of us as humans, we are created in God's image to work. The Bible even says that we, we should do that, and we understand that. I, and I was thinking as I was preparing this, you know, because some people have retired, and there are some people that are, frank, really unable to work. But here's the thing. The whole point of this basically is this friction that we have, whether you're working or not, you're going somewhere or doing something during your day. And that's where I'm going with this. That's what I'm talking about. Where we are, there's this tug of war, regardless of where we are in the stages of life. If you're retired, I promise, if you're capable of getting out, you're going somewhere. You're going to the grocery. You're going to this. You're going to the golf course. You're going wherever it is you go. And guess who's there? People. this for the glory of God. Have I got this down? No. Am I working on it? Yeah. Because it spoke in my heart, you know. Consider what we do by working. We have money. We're able to give to ministries. We give to the church, which we're supposed to do that, by the way, church. Did you know that? I know you know that. Somebody said to me, said, you don't preach on tithing very often. I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that most people realize that God's given us everything that we have. Come on. Now, oh, there he goes. He's unto- if you're a guest, I hardly ever talk about money, but it's your day. Everything we have is a gift from God. That breath you just took is a gift from God. The house that we live in, whether we rent it or whatever, is a gift from God. And then greenbacks that you have, they're a gift from God. They're an offering. And we're supposed to give them back. We're supposed to serve. That's a blessing. Do you see where worship is and all that is? It all ties in together. 
because it's not compartments, it's all together. The business people that you, in your jobs, the things that you do, think about what you do. You're providing a service. Now, I know it sounds like a sales pitch up here, but it's, it's the truth of the matter is that you're in a place and what you're doing may be something very important. Doctor, medical, school teachers. I mean, goodness gracious, talk about important. I could go on and on and on. I mean, we all have these. If it's a moral form of work, it adds something to our society. Humanity, it's, it's helping God fulfill the purpose in the creation. Does that make sense? And so this struggle, when I say worship at work, when I said that at first, you're like, really? Do you get where I'm going with this? We're workers together with God in the gospel and the outreach of the inner church. Now, we talked about work. Let's talk about worship because I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> if ever exciting time to be a pastor in a church, it's this day we're in right now. I've never seen so much in my life chaos over things that really, in the big scheme of things, I mean, we got churches that are that, that, that are splitting over stuff, which, I mean, it blows my mind. 900 Southern Baptist churches are closing every year. That's incredible. What is going on? Well, I need to stay focused on the Lord. I just can't help it. Paul, Jesus gives us an example about what worship is. There's a lady comes tapping through, and when she's at this well, Jesus comes tapping through this community, and he's not even supposed to be there. You talk about compartmentalized, he's in the wrong place. He walks into this place, this lady's sitting there, he says, give me a drink of water. Now, the culture of the time was, he's not even supposed to be talking to her. And so he says, give me a drink of water, and she's like, fine. And then he starts telling her her story, and he knows the details, and she's like, what? Right? Now, they're at a well. This culture is so steeped in tradition. There's nothing wrong with traditions. I said that. Make sure you understand. There's nothing wrong with traditions. What's what's bad is when they become an end in themselves. And this lady was so locked down on this that she's going, well, you know, our fathers worshipped over there, and they worshipped over there, and and, and, and Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day when they're going to worship in the spirit and the truth. That's going to be key. Check this out in John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and now has come when a true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. It's really important that you catch those two words. The spirit of God and truth. Next time you're in a situation, you're trying to figure out what needs to be done and all this and talking about forms and things about worship, think of this, spirit and in truth. And then we'll have the answer, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. If you're a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you're a walking worship machine. Did you know that? Think about it. They're splitting. She's thinking this is where the temple of God is. He's saying, you're the temple, you're the temple, and you're the temple, you're the temple, you're the temple. When you go to work, you're the temple. Come on. Does that make sense? And so this tension that we feel, that we see, this tension is that God can use us by being Christians. 
John Piper is a writer in this time, and, and I, like, I like his writings. And, and listen to what he, he says about this truth. I think it's really good because it, it, he, he, he speaks truth. And sometimes truth is so truth, it burns a little bit. You know what I mean? You ever have somebody tell you the truth, it kind of stings just a little bit? Listen to what he says. So you can see what's happening in the New Testament. Worship is being significantly deinstitutionalized, delocalized, and the whole thrust is being taken off of a ceremony and seasons and places and forms, and it's being shifted to what's happening in the present. And it's not just on Sunday, but every day and all the time. Isn't that good? He comes into the world, and he starts talking to these people, and they're going, well, we have this law. You, you can't do this. We have 600. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the religious stuff. And he, they got 600 of them, and he's knocking every one of them, not every, but he's, he's causing a lot of problems. And he's telling them, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing, and it starts to disappear. And it never changes. Now, there's nothing wrong with having institutions in worship and things like that, but they should never become an emblem of sex. Amen. They're forms. They're things that we use to get to that. Remember what we said in Romans? We're transformed. Our bodies and everything we do, everything we do, who we are, is worship. And worship is not just singing songs. <laughs> when you think about it, and, and I was a worship pastor for eight years, and before I even came here, I was in three, two churches before that. Yes, I do teach a class. I teach a little bit. Every church I was in, we were trans we would bring music in. We were transforming music, you know. We would do old and mix it up and so forth. But everyone I was in, we were doing that because we had generational things that were happening there. And, it, and, and it, the point is, we talk about hymns and we talk about praise songs, and you know the actual definition of praise song is hymns. You see what I'm saying? And so, yeah, <laughs> we worship him. That's what it's about. It's about worshiping him. And it's important that we do that in our entire lives. It's our approach to all that we do. And it should be even nine to five. Now, I'm telling you, do your job. Do your job. Do what you were hired for. Do what they give you a check for. Absolutely. Do our job. Do it to the glory of God. Right? Think of how it would look tomorrow if we got up and we began to do it as an act of worship. I wouldn't throw the pillow at Diane when she comes to me singing. It would be the first thing. She's going to do this to me in the morning. She's going to walk in there and go, I'm worshiping. Come on. I can see this. But I need to change that a little bit because you know what? Every day you wake up. What if when we wake up, and we got up tomorrow, and just like when we get you know, ready to go to work, we put our clothes on and we, we pack our lunches or whatever it is that we do, and we put our wallets and our keys and we, we purses for the ladies and we do whatever it is. What if we also thought today I'm putting my heart in God's hands and I'm worshiping him? Forget about it. You don't need a sound of psalms and hymns every day. No, you don't need your text. If you're doing that, The one who loved us and sent his son to die for us. Amen. You see, when it comes to worship, it, it, it's not that it's either or. It's just that it's both and. It's both and. And there would be a text for that. But Jesus said, I'm the truth. 
what I hope we can start to see in this series is that, is that when it comes to faith and doubt, like what we talked about, because when I grew up as a kid, you know, I mean, I'm not knocking, I'm grateful for the way I was raised, I'm grateful that I was raised in a family of faith, but it was like, it, maybe I didn't catch this, maybe my, you know, training and so forth, I couldn't hear it, but you, you could have faith, but you, could, you couldn't doubt, and I would have doubt, and I didn't realize that through the doubt, my faith was being strengthened. You see what I mean? And, and if I have a doubt, then I, I keep working through that, and then my faith gets stronger. And so, like, now, too, when I talk about work, when I talk about worship, I can see, you know what, I can do this. And it's not like a dreaded job. It's not about the job necessarily so much as it is about my identity being in Jesus, and I do it all for the glory of God. You say, well, that's pretty good, preacher boy. But you don't work with the people I work with. No, I work with saintly fellows like Kevin Jones and Jeff Perry. Bless their hearts. And you know, people, people, and I do love these guys, and they are very good Christian men, and I'm so thankful for them. Shout out to Steve and Kevin. Because I know they pray for me in the morning. I know they do. Sometimes they pray for me to get out of their room, get out of their office. But even in our situations, you know, God can help us as we pray through things, and that's what I'm getting at. Even, even in the office. You know, there's things that happen and, and, and things that we deal with, and, 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 and they always come to me, both of those guys, and I'm so grateful for them, they're prayer warriors, and they'll say, I pray, you know. I, I was in there talking to, uh, to, to one of the ladies um, again, and she said, well, maybe you ought to pray about that. And I just thought I'd get one down and just, you know. But I'm serious. In our situations, in the environments that we're in, remember that, that we are the temple and that God's walking with us. What I hope today is that we start, you know, that, that we recognize this, we start to think this way. And Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, he says this. Now listen to me. Listen really close because this is, where, this is where it comes to hit home. He says, let the Spirit, let the Spirit lead us in truth. Let me say that again. Let the Spirit lead us in truth. That when you make your fear into reality, intentionally do these things, let's intentionally ask God to be in our lives and to, and to speak and use us throughout the day as we go forward. In Colossians 3.12, it says, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I, I'm laughing because, you know, before I got into ministry, I would have a problem with something, a product. Start, and one day after I went in ministry, I was still living in the flesh a little bit about that stuff. I hit zero on the ladies and started pecking on the ladies about some other things. And I mean, I'm wailing, I'm going off, you know. <laughs> she says, and so your occupation, son? I'm in a tight spot here. Ooh. And I didn't want to tell the name of the church. It wasn't this one. It was another. And I was like, I don't want to tell the church. That's going to bring in trouble. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's the way we are as people. I mean, sometimes we are silly and bashful about things, but there's so many things that we should be 
anything close to that. Now listen to me. We make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. We've all fell short. God's grace is sufficient and eternal. And to be honest, he's dying for you. And so as we begin this new transformation, God does this in us. And we're renewing sometimes, sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's minute by minute, sometimes it's by the hour, right? But God is there for you. I'm asking you, hold on. We're in this world, but we're not of it. We're not of it. And so I want to give you encouragement today to put on Christ each day as we work, as we go into our stations of life. Whatever it is, if you're retired, if you go into wherever it is that you're at during the course of your day, whatever you do, I, meant, I failed to mention one other thing. You know one of the, one of the most incredible athletes in, in sports, um, Sam, Cooper Newt, he's with me. I really believe that because I'm so encouraged by his story. I really believe that he's a great athlete. And if you know that I have, uh, my hat's off to you, and you're, you're incredible. But think about this. When we get up in the morning, we go wherever we go, and we travel up these like the, you know, the clothes that you have on your back or at school and you have with you your Bible. Now, my three or so kids, I'm not going to hold you up because I'm Christ's teacher, but ask God for the opportunities he's blessed me to do that. What? Are you kidding me? You can work in my office. I've been in my cubicle. You can tell me to put that over there. Listen, I've used this. This is just one of the formulas that I have. You ever said to somebody, say, listen, they come to me not too long ago and they said, probably a little soon, but I would tell you a 10-foot tall person right now, stop it. <laughs> I'm not too long over that. I think you're being a little, you know what I say to them? It's working. Bless God for what God's doing. And the day of rest is, is the Sabbath day. Take the Sabbath day. Enjoy the Sabbath day. Why? Because our strength to carry you is in God. Oh, yeah, you know, those heroes of the faith, I, 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 you said them in the Bible, you said them. Heroes of the faith of the Bible, you know, you think about them and say, well, those guys are, you know, they're, they're not like us. And I, I, man, I just, they are like us. They were like us. They were human beings. I mean, think about this. Moses was a shepherd. I mean, he's working. Can you imagine how many staffs he broke? Probably. He was working. He was serving God. He was working. I imagine there were days out there when he was fooling with them sheep. He probably looked up pulled out his Rolex sundial and said, how many more hours I got for Google this? You know what I mean? Right? I mean, he was a real person, but God used him. It was David. He was a poet. <laughs> Musician. Oh, boy. Right? Songwriter. Hymn writer. David. He had a job. All these guys had jobs. You know, David was a writer. You think he ever got writer's block? He made some big deals. He made some really bad deals. And then, and then in the New Testament, there was Lydia. Lydia was a, uh, a woman that made clothing and sold them. She worked in retail. No problems in that field, is there? <laughs> Ain't that bad? She's probably working in retail over there, aren't you, buddy? Enough said about that, you know. They're dealing with real problems. And then the last one, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I truly mean this. Jesus Jesus was a carpenter. 
believed that they worshiped the Lord, shared life with others, and were filled with hope. And they said that he knew them. By his Spirit. They set an example for us. He said, he said, I know you. You know, it's really important. You know, this past this way world. Let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of it. And let's worship that one that touched us. Let me encourage you to do that right now. Let's just sing that one touched us. We can use these songs for that. Even when you're out there every Friday night, you're still preaching. You're in the house. Touched us. We do that every week. I want you to have a good week this week. Let's be encouraged. Have a touched week. And let's get back to it. And you know what? I said I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be driving off and you'll be famished or whatever. What it means is that you'll have peace that you know in your heart and your identity is not in the sand. thank you for your word and thank you for giving us the gifts that you've given us and thank you for what's represented here as I look out through this audience and see people from all vocations of life and even those that, that have worked in vocations that are retired and I see people that are just reaching out into all these areas that are every day just about we are we are encouraged and we care I thank you Lord for the privilege of sharing your word pray a blessing upon each person here pray, God, for those that are struggling today. Pray for those that are struggling this week. And just, God, give us all strength to support one another, to help one another, and also to help one another. Thank you, Lord, that in the coming year, 